0: In this week's episode of Midlife AF, we're going to be talking about alcohol-free travel and why alcohol and stopping drinking is a wanting issue. I'll see you in there.
1: If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach, Emma Gilmore, for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships, and navigating this thing called midlife, alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you, saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, Come with me, together we'll find our groove without
0: booze. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. So I am here in my mum's beautiful flat in Surrey in England and I am about to pop on the journey home by Singapore tomorrow morning, um, so a long-distance flight. And I was talking to my membership group, Be The Lighthouse, and one of my beautiful members suggested that travel would be a really good subject to cover. And funnily enough, when I first started coaching, which was back in January 2020, the back end of 2020, um, the year of <laughs> the year of COVID. Um, I was talking about travel and talking about, you know, all the different things we needed to do with regards to travel and, and being alcohol free. So like kind of tactics and things to um, think of, particularly in the early days of being alcohol free, but actually. There wasn't really any travel going on in the world. So, you know, it was kind of a mute point, really. And I think I travelled first. My first flight was an internal flight. And I think it was to Uluru. And I think that was the most amazing trip um, and I think that was my first alcohol-free trip, which was only last year, so 2022. Um, but it was really interesting coming on a long-haul flight, and the last time I came to the UK was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was a very different experience in terms of travel than my experience this time around, being three years plus alcohol free um and it also brought into mind for me and one of the things i wanted to talk about because i am coming up for another round of alcohol experiment the great aussie alcohol experiment live which is um my program where we have daily coaching um a daily content and journaling, and it's a really awesome program. I won't go into it in too much detail here because I will further down the line and closer to it. But the difference, the real difference, and I spent a beautiful three days with my really good friend, a fellow coach who I'd not met before in real life, Ellie e. Crow, who's one of the other amazing, this naked mind coaches <clears throat> that I met <clears throat> back in January 2020 when I stopped drinking. Um, I spent three days with her and we were discussing how different it is being alcohol-free in a way that really means freedom, Um, in a way that is not about you just don't want to drink, you don't have the desire to drink, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And I remember when Annie talked about this when we were in her initial training, and she said, and I'm talking about Annie Grace, lady who wrote This Naked Mind, um, and who me and Ellie have trained, and we're so, senior coaches within their coaching group. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about what a sad life it is. It would be to, because it seems you only have two choices when you stop drinking alcohol. You either... You either you're either drinking or you're not drinking, but you're having a miserable time. And that was sort of like and you and you know, alcohol is doing push-ups at your door, and you know, you're you're being deprived of something. And you know, if you have one slip, you'll <clears throat> you know, you'll be slugging from a bottle within moments. Now I know that is, you know, some people's experience is that and I think there's that's a very different way of doing alcohol. Um, it's not the way that I stop drinking and it's not the way that I live my life alcohol free for me it's not a um I can't have it's I don't want to have and it was really interesting meeting friends as well while we were here and remembering you know some of the, the things that happened while we were here last time as well that weren't so great about my alcohol intake um And there's so many other things tied into alcohol and travelling. But just before I finish what we were talking about before, this whole idea of not wanting and how the way that I work with clients, and the mistake in my work is that you take the way that we work with people as we change their mindset. So our beliefs around alcohol get changed. So we no longer believe that it's something that's going to relax us, something that's going to make us feel better, something that's going to soothe our pain, something that's going to ease our nerves, something that's going to help us in any way. And it really isn't about what's going to happen tomorrow it's not about the hangovers it's not about and a lot of people talk about this in the um, sober space is you know oh you know well I don't want to have the hangovers and the whole pay it forward idea which is great strategy and I know I've talked about this before but it's a great strategy in the early days 100% but it's also fear-based and nothing in my coaching is about fear and not about punishing ourselves it's not about being fearful of something happening in the future it's about choosing not to do something in the moment because it doesn't align with your values and it doesn't align with so for me my journey has been about discovering who I am and I can't discover who I am when I'm running away from myself and for me a couple of really big statements that really helped me and I don't think I got them from anywhere. I think they were ones that I sort of came up with myself, but definitely out of, and I may have got them from somewhere and just not kind of realized, but was the sort of idea. One was the idea that I'm learning to love myself and to find out who I really am. And getting the idea that alcohol for me is a form of self-harm so why would I and that's not like I'm judging anyone I couldn't care less if anybody else drinks but for me it hurt me it hurt my sense of self and I definitely wasn't happy when I was drinking even though I thought I was at the time because alcohol kind of makes you it kind of takes you away from what's really happening. So you can put up with things that you don't actually like and and so on. Um, but also there's a sort of joy in life and a why would I want to not be here for it all? <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. So, and I probably haven't put the second big statement. One of them was definitely this, the idea that alcohol is a form of self-harm and I'm learning to love myself. And I was trying to remember what the other one is. I'm sure it will come back to me. Um, I'm not going to apologize because menopause, ADHD, and we own that in my groups um, because generally we're women in midlife. And if we don't have menopause, we're, we're often neurodiverse or sensitive or have got some kind of trauma as well. And all of those things um, show up as the same Um very similar symptoms Um, and i'll talk about that another day as well because i've got some interesting things happening in our family around that moment but back to travel so it was really interesting going through customs in melbourne and going through international as well because before i'd just been through and this big the first thing i saw was this big whiskey advert (laughs) because the whole of um the departure area is really geared up for drinking isn't it and I remember going traveling from a very young age um you know as an adult but you know and we would get so drunk in the airport I mean sometimes I'm just um, especially on the day of my my wedding honeymoon I remember being so drunk I and we booked these beautiful um business class or not not business class but like sort of like one down from business class but they were really nice in Eva air where they have super fancy like just between cattle class and economy and um and business class and um and we had these beautiful lie down beds and all this lovely food and i passed out the, step of the whole journey and i was like whoa um and I remember being on my honeymoon as well and just being drunk so much of the time and I'm just thinking gosh I can't probably can't remember I mean like I can remember snippets of things um but it was so we've stayed in so many beautiful places and also I traveled a lot as a younger person we went to Thailand Mars, full moon parties and so on and so forth but just thinking about this sort of long haul flight back to England and we've only done sort of the three really since I moved the one the original one out of here when we my kids were tiny and we stopped in Thailand and we stayed in Thailand for a few days and we met with some friends and we hang out with them and the the kids were tiny um so it wasn't all about drinking then and then the last one was when we came home to see mum and my sister and all our friends and there was a lot of traveling around i really hectic, which I haven't done this time as much. I was really lucky because one of my friends had a wedding. Um, and so I, I got to see pretty much most of my friends. I've missed a couple of groups, but most of my friends I got to see there. Um, and that was interesting as well. It's lovely actually seeing people get older and, you know, all the beautiful faces and and also some of the people that, you know, some of the things that probably didn't sit right with me. At the time but i drunk through and certainly didn't sit right with me this time i won't go into detail on that yeah. <laughs> but also some of the people's just surprisingly genuinely gorgeous and most people in fact divine and just lovely to have really good conversations with them and connect with them but that's the flight um i said what was really interesting so i flew singapore and my mum very kindly paid for me to come over for my 50th birthday and They were quite, what I would have said in the day, was quite stingy with the drinks, right? So you've got a little, um, and I think things have changed so much because of the way that we are as a society around drinking on flights, because it's got a lot more um, conservative, that's a weird way of saying it, but yeah, just a bit more, um, you know, they don't want people on there really drunk. Because I think it was really since 9-11 and the terrorism stuff and, you know, you just don't want volatile people uh, behaving badly on flights. And I imagine that must have been awful for the people working there as well. But as a kid, for me, when we used to fly back to the UK, because I used to go to boarding school in the UK because we lived in Africa and Brazil. And we used to sit up the back smoking (laughs) and drinking all the kids and... um, that was back in the days when you were able to scope on the flights, which seems crazy now. Um, but anyway, so I got on the flight, and, but they don't serve you any drinks until the first meal. So if you want a drink, you'd have to ask for it. And when they serve the drinks, they serve them in these little plastic cups that go in the um, the holder. And so I obviously wasn't drinking, but um, I can imagine I saw people being, I, if I'd have been served that level of drink when I was drinking, I would have been really pissed off. And I remember getting really annoyed on flights when you didn't get served quickly enough and you couldn't get like, I mean, if I, if I had been served a wine and not been given like a one of those little bottles, I would have been furious. So I can imagine how agitated I would have been on the plane. Because it's really interesting when you go, um, and restaurants have changed as well. Because that for me used to be when you were a drinker, it's like, give them a drink and they'll be okay. And I remember working in hospitality as a young person. And I remember that being like my first rule and you always were like, the service is terrible if you didn't get a drink straight away. Whereas when you're a non-drink, it really doesn't matter, but you can see drinkers getting quite twitchy about it. Where's my drink? I can't settle down and all anxious. So lovely not to have that. So lovely not to have that constant, like, I need a drink in order for things to be okay. And again, this is the one thing thing. So it's not about... It's not about the behaviour to me. And for me to be happily alcohol free, it's about not wanting to drink. Um, and what was beautiful actually sat on the plane was how many people weren't drinking. And I would never have noticed that. Like I would say most of the plane weren't drinking alcohol. Isn't that interesting? I don't know whether that's changed a shift in society or just me taking notice of people doing things differently to how I'd always done them. But, you know, it was beautiful. We stopped in Singapore. I knew that at no point I would be traipsing through an airport, not aware that I'd left something in the aeroplane or somewhere else, having to run back, having to get things. Although I do do that anyway, as my good friend Stacy will attest to when we went to Uluru and I left my jacket and my scarf back in the airport now. <laughs> I had to run back and nearly miss the plane but that's ADHD and menopause and just my, myself um, not alcohol so it was not with that funky head. and boy could I run fast I tell you I made that flight by the skin of my teeth I wasn't missing out on Uluru but also I wasn't losing my jacket um, and it was just lovely I watched all the f- movies I really enjoyed them I watched some amazing movies cried my eyes out the whale brilliant Oh, the sun brilliant Just so many, I can't even begin to, I can't even begin to say. But I actually really enjoyed the flight. I had a few, had a few sleeps. It was a little bit times where it went a bit slowly, but generally for me, it was really nice just to have some time on my own. And also I had no Wi-Fi access, which meant I couldn't actually do any work, which was really freeing as well, because I've tendency to always think I've got something to do, Um, which I laughed about with my friend Ellie, because we're the same. We're like, you know, you either have people who are like, right, I've done everything, like my God how do you do everything it's just sensational um and so I just drank water I had some cups of tea I had a cup of coffee and I um you know I I watched beautiful movies and it was really nice and we were lucky I didn't have long in the airport between so I just kind of walked from one flight to the next and hopped on um, and then we arrived, and it was lovely. And there's been no issue at all with my you know, with my family, obviously, because they really support what I do. I don't think my sister and my brother-in-law drink very much anyway. And my mum's not Mum's been helping me as well. Um, so she's not really been drinking much at all either, which has been good for both of us, I think. Um, and we've been, we've had lovely alcohol- free stuff. We've been out and eaten beautiful places and in no way have I felt like I've missed out on anything and I think this is the beauty of traveling it's like you go to these amazing places you get to be present with everybody you get to really soak up and enjoy the atmosphere and even at the wedding I mean a wedding's another one isn't it people like oh you're not going to even drink at a wedding it's like well why would I why would I and they had um alcohol free or low alcohol I don't mind the 0.5 stuff um because I'm not really that hung up on all of that. It doesn't really bother me. For me, it's about I don't drink because I don't want to drink. If, for example, I have a dessert that's got a bit of wine in it, or I've got <clears throat> for me, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to drink. So it's not a trigger for me. It doesn't make me want to have alcohol. If I had a sip of a drink with alcohol in it, I'm not going to go. Well, beat myself up about it. it doesn't matter. Dessert. It. It's not about. it. It's not about that for me. For me it's about choosing me and it's not about choosing me necessarily from a health perspective but it's about choosing me from a mental health perspective and this journey of discovery in midlife and flourishing that we get to have um, and the privilege of being in that situation and just like really connecting with people like I found at the wedding it was so nice just to sort of ask really good questions and listen to what people were saying and not have to be constantly thinking about what the next dance was and I'm just beginning to feel so peaceful in myself Let's, yes it's nerve-wracking going in and I had a few things where people didn't recognize me and I think it's because my hair's pink and for like people who don't follow me on social media and people who don't um people who don't you know haven't been haven't didn't necessarily see me when I came back last time and so on um But funnily enough, people, because we used to go to lots of festivals and people were talking about going back to festivals and there a few people who don't drink and don't do thing anymore. And I was thinking, oh, maybe now that I'm doing this ecstatic dancing and I love it, maybe I could do a festival. But I don't really like to be around really hammered people. But I did, I actually stayed quite a like, long time in the wedding because it started at half three. I was pretty much there on the dot. And then we left at, um, I left at eight. So it was quite long for me. I was definitely, I was ready to sort of leave at about half seven, but then I had to find everybody and say goodbye and all that jazz. So, um but yeah, it was beautiful. And now I'm about to get on my flight back and I know that I'm not going to be messy. I'm not going to spill things. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. um And in fact, I'm really glad that I'm not drinking. I'm so happy that it's, it's not an issue for me, and I can't ever imagine. I like people are like, oh, don't say ever, and I know I definitely wouldn't have stopped drinking if I thought it was going to be forever. Which is why it's really good to do something like the alcohol experiment, do thirty days, and then you might go, I'm going to do a year, or I'm going to do six months, or I'm going to do a hundred days. Well, if that's right for you, it really doesn't matter. But I know that a forever it seems overwhelming, and I know in this naked mind, everyone's like, no, we don't say forever, and I'm just like, well, I can't see a time where I'm going to. But then, as I say, never say never. it's not about that it's about not wanting to drink because even mum's when I got here mum was like oh you don't want to have a glass of champagne to celebrate or anything like that I'm like no no not at all don't want to and she was like yeah cool um it's not it's just not something I ever want to do because I see what it does to my mental health and I know even though I don't want it I feel like if I started having the one here and there, I'd probably go back to drinking just like I used to. I don't want to do that because I don't like myself as much when I'm like that. I'm not being mean to myself or anything like that, but I just don't feel as close to myself when I do that. So, and I know like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, if you buy an all-inclusive, it's a value thing. And people are like, oh, we put such a value on alcohol. It's really interesting, isn't it? You know, like if you go on a plane, you're not getting plane. You're not getting value for money if you don't get the alcohol in the plane. If you go on a holiday, you're not getting value if you don't get, you're not having fun. That's really interesting to a belief to dig into, isn't it? That you know, it's, oh you're only getting true value if you have alcohol. It's a bit like that belief. You know, when everyone talks about oh, I don't understand why alcohol-free drinks are so expensive. Well, they're so expensive because they're really good quality. They've got really good ingredients and they've got a much smaller distribution. Of course, they're more expensive. If you're going into mass distribution, you're going to cost more. And why would you not pay 14 bucks and put something good into your body rather than 14 bucks and put something crap into your body? That's going to make you anxious, hurt your mental health. It's so bad for your carcinogenics you know and look i'm not I, I, you know it's not for me about the sort of it's not so much about the health stuff but it's definitely about the mental health stuff for me and it's definitely about loving myself and it's definitely about giving a different narrative to my kids um and letting them see that it's possible to live a life without our car it doesn't have to be intrinsic to everything that we do and we can have a lovely time and be fun and dance and be silly without it. So anyway, for my birthday, I'm going to Thailand, my 50th, Um, and so that will be another long haul flight, not as long haul as this one. And I'm going with some friends, I'm going with my kids, it's gonna be beautiful. So you can do lots of traveling this year and I'll take lots of pictures and share it all with you as I go, because I think it's really important that you guys get to see that you can just live a very normal life and be very, very happy. And in fact, I'd say happier, Because you're present, you're not always thinking about when am I going to have another drink? When can I have a drink? Anyway, that was that. That That's travel. I hope that's useful to you. Um, I've got some really cool things coming up, which I'll talk to you about after this podcast episode. And um, I hope I will see you all soon. All right, take care. Bye.
1: Hi there. I just wanted to take a moment
0: to invite you, if you're up for it, to join my great Aussie Alcohol Experiment that is starting on Monday the 29th of May. Very, very excited about it. It's a bit of a strange start date, but I like to start on a Monday. (laughs) This is the program that changed my life. I went from somebody who could only take a little bit of time off from drinking and always felt like they were having a terrible time I had had some warnings, my um, kid had said to me she didn't want me to bring wine to the um, bedroom anymore and I had fallen into a rose bush and got a rose uh, bark stuck in my near my jugular and my discharge notes said pissed, fell into a rose bush, which was mortifying. And then I came across this methodology so previous to that, it always been really, really painful to stop drinking. It was something I was like, this is going to be awful. I did the alcohol experiment and it changed my life. Within two weeks, I was like, where can I sign up to be a coach? And I was already training to, like, training to be a counsellor and psychotherapist. And this was like the added piece. And the reason why was because this methodology is not about stopping it's not about restricting it's about changing the way you feel about alcohol so that you can take alcohol to a place where it is small and irrelevant where you no longer want it it is a wanting program it is not a behavioral program and It's quite counterintuitive to a lot of us because we've been taught that things have to be hard. This isn't hard. This is joyful. Yeah, there's tough moments in it, but it's a process of learning about ourselves. And it's an experiment, right? So it's an experiment, which means we're just trying something. We don't need to make a big drama about it, but it's also an experiment because the purpose isn't abstinence the purpose is awareness data collection information it is such a good program and I recommend it because it's what led me to take a year off from booze and now in three years alcohol joyfully alcohol free and I keep discovering why that's so so amazing and exciting but this isn't about people stopping drinking this is about people seeing what happens if they take 30 days off booze and the difference in my program is not only do you get videos with brilliant research content about alcohol about the process of stopping drinking but you and you get reflections daily reflections so you do some journaling which really helps as well but on a daily basis I do group zoom coaching so Every day of the 30 days, should you want to, you can come and be coached and have accountability with me and a group of other awesome people. That's the magic. That's what I, that's my difference. I, as I said, I'm a a qualified coach, counsellor and psychotherapist. And in my programs, we get really deep. We go really deep and it's really good fun too. We have a laugh, we might have a cry, we have a giggle and we go deep because a lot of the time, we're not drinking but we're not drinking for light reasons <laughs> we're drinking to escape stuff we're drinking to escape you know the stress of our days and stuff like that so we work on all that sort of stuff but it's brilliant come and join me you won't regret it it's a fabulous program and i'll see you in there before you go i just wanted to let you know that on
1: tuesday the 16th through to thursday the 18th of
0: may I am gonna be running a three-day virtual retreat. So if you are feeling that alcohol's got a little bit more control in your life that you'd like, than you'd like, if you wanna know how to change your relationship in just three days without stopping drinking, then my three-day virtual retreat is for you. It's only seven bucks. Details are in the show notes. And basically what you'll have is an hour, uh, an evening with me. I'll take you through some of the reasons why we, could, we end up staying stuck in a negative relationship with alcohol. When, and we believe that it's all really hard. But actually, it doesn't have to be hard at all. It can be really easy and we can get to a place where we can just take or leave our goal. And I'm gonna show you exactly how to do that over three days. So there will be some journaling prompts, there'll be group interaction, there'll be a little Facebook group. And like I said, we'll have Zoom um, presentation and Q and A's over three nights. As I said, the dates the 16th to the 18th of May. So I will see you there.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website www.hoprisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.